The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to stop by, worship with us, or just stop by the building, say hi, see what we're doing, and see how, if you would like to be able to support us to bring this life-empowering message to the community and to the world. You can go to our website at www.cutemple.org, www.cutemple.org for more information. Before I get started, because these shows are dated, so obviously if some person listens to this podcast uh, later, they won't. this won't be relative um, past July 23rd through the 27th, but the Panorama of Truth Conference, which is the annual conference for the Universal Foundation for Better Living, is uh, in Chicago from July 23rd through the 27th. Um, you can go to ufbl.org or call the church at 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282 for more information. We'll have powerful presenters, speakers from around the country. Um, outside of the country, um, powerful music presentations, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a, a, a wonderful uh, event, and I hope that you will check it out. If you're in the Chicagoland area, call the church for um, local rates. If you're from out of town, um, you can use call the church or go to the website to get the information about the hotels and things like that. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I'll be there. Hopefully, I'll see you there. Now. To the book. We're at chapter nine of A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And um, this book is really enlightening because it really deals with the ego in a way that few books really do. It, it kind of strips it bare. If, if you work with the book, you really can see a lot of human behavior and a lot of personal behavior um, exhibited in the writings. In other words, he, he shows you yourself flaws and all, but not to point out the flaws to ridicule, but to point out the, the flaws in thinking and feeling 
in consciousness so we can transform them so we can live as the live a life that's consistent with our true nature which is spiritual so the this chapter nine is on inner your inner purpose and he starts off by stating on page 257 as soon as you rise above mere survival the question of meaning and purpose becomes paramount of paramount importance in your life and that's really true. Once you get people out of the survival mode, they start to think, okay, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Why am I here? You know, you know, not only why am I here on the planet at this time, you know, but why am I here to the, in this family, in this city, in this experience, et cetera, et cetera. These are things that we need to be mindful of. Why? So he kind of really drills down on how people want, freedom they feel restricted by jobs and family and responsibilities and things of that nature not really realizing what their purpose is normally when purpose is taught is taught from the standpoint of this is you know what you were created on earth to do and this is what you're supposed to do and this is your destiny and this is your plan and this is that and the other and he's not necessarily talking against that but he wants to, everyone to deal with their primary purpose and deal then deal with the secondary purpose. For him, he states it beautifully on page 258. So the most important thing to realize is this. Your life has an inner purpose and an outer purpose. Inner purpose concerns being and is primary. Outer purpose concerns doing and is secondary. While this book speaks mainly of your inner purpose, this chapter and the next will address the question of how to align outer purpose and inner purpose in your life then he goes on to the next chapter and chapter excuse me paragraph and, and writes your inner purpose is to awaken it is simple it is as simple as that you share that purpose with every other person on the planet because it is the purpose of humanity now let's just stop there we we, we say in new thought that that every person every human being is a spiritual being you know we have statements like i am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law we have statements uh you know i'm the divine expression of god i'm the self-expression of god i'm a individualized expression of god i'm an idea in divine mind uh many different terms the image and likeness of god which is the biblical term so if all of these things are true. All of those statements are true. All those various ways of saying the same thing are, are all true. Then that means that the primary job of every person walking on the planet is to awaken to who they are or realize your oneness with God. Realize your oneness with God. See, that puts everything back into perspective. Because we live life as if we're disconnected from the wholeness of God. We live life as if we're disconnected from the divine life and power and wisdom of God. We live life many times as if uh, we're separated from God. Many people have the cry of the cross, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Because they really don't feel or experience what they consider the wholeness of God in their life because many times they're chasing out a purpose without addressing the primary purpose, which is being. 
Now, because once you become aware of your oneness with God, once you become aware of the your spiritual wholeness, your spiritual identity, once you come to realize that the Christ in you, your true nature is God's idea of itself, then that which comes out of that awareness, the purpose that comes out of that awareness is empowered and you can take action that's consistent with this your spirituality instead of trying to at times force it now there are people who find their purpose and they don't deal a lot with their spirituality there are a lot of people who do that you know i, I don't want to say names because i don't want to be presumptuous i don't want to say this person who plays football is not spiritual but they live their purpose what i will say is without the primary purpose as he just what well, I just read out of his book, then the other stuff at times will lose their meaning, and it and we can become attached to the outer uh, demonstration instead of relying on the inner spirit that produces the demonstration in the first place. We need to be mindful of that. That we have to always remember that to awaken is my primary job. I need to discover, recover, uncover my true nature. And so do you. And so does every person on the planet. You know, when people really know who they are spiritually, they act a different way. You know, we see the the violence in our in many communities. You know, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know. I work. I was born and raised, work, etc., in the city of Chicago, and many things that are going on in the news right now, based upon some areas of the city, you know, are disheartening. But it's also a side effect of lack of awakening, lack of an awareness of who they are spiritually. Because if you really believe that you are divine, whole and complete, you would act a certain way and you would not act a certain way towards others. When you don't value your own life, you won't value anyone else's. Well, you won't treat yourself right. You won't treat anyone else properly either. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. But again, if you don't love your neighbor, then, excuse me, if you don't love yourself, then your neighbor is in trouble. So we need to be mindful that, you know, we see the different things, the people who are fighting throughout the history of humankind based upon nation, based upon race, based upon philosophies, based upon land, based upon, you know, you know, all different type of ideologies are only doing that because they don't realize they're one. And everybody's job is to awaken. Everybody's job. The primary purpose. You know, but sometimes, you know, in all due respect to the people who work in my field of religious, um, you know, pastoral care, religion, teaching, preaching, presenting, um, whatever the religious belief is, sometimes we can get so caught up in the religion and the and the structure and dictates of religion that we lose sight of 
the fact that we're supposed to be helping people wake up to the truth about who they are in God. That that whatever the holy book, the holy book doesn't should not come before. The personal experience of God. Because the book then turns instead of being a pointer, then turns into its own icon. Its own idol. So you worship the book, but you don't have to live with live the 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 principles that in the book that teach you how to discover God for yourself. In other words, how to be present. Tole goes on to say that on that same page, your outer person, your outer purpose can change over time. It varies greatly from person to person. Finding and living in alignment with the inner purpose is the foundation for fulfilling your outer purpose. It is the basis for true success. Without that alignment, you can still achieve certain things through effort, struggle, determination, determination, and sheer hard work or cunning. But there's no joy in such endeavor, and it invariably ends in some form of suffering. And when he means suffering, meaning we get attached to outcomes and we think that our, our, um, Meaning as an individual is attached to what we do or what we have. Now, you know, I'm all for success. I'm all for better living. And I'll say that over and over and over again. But my value and your value is in God, not in the things. Even money in the United States has on it in God we trust. In God we trust. Now, people might have different concepts of what that means, but in God, we trust. Not in the, what this paper money is or represents, but the God that stands behind what this paper money represents. All right, moving on. He goes on and says on page 259, Awakening is a shift in consciousness in which thinking and awareness separate. Now, what he's saying from when he says thinking, and I, I have to continue to say, that, say this during this series, he makes a differentiation from what we would call conscious intentional thinking, being in control of your mind versus the repetitive thinking that is just recycled thought. What many people call thinking isn't necessarily really thinking. It's just recycled thought, something that's been thought over and over and over and over and over again. And what ends up happening many times, we think that our recycled thought is us doing real thinking, but it's not. Charles Fillmore addresses this on in The Revealing Word. If you have that book, um, you can turn later to the the state uh, of what is pages. Excuse me. Page 70 under faith thinking. He states, if we are educated and molded after the average pattern of the human family, we may live a lifetime and never have an original thought. That's powerful. I'm going to read it again. If we're educated and that, just, that doesn't just mean formal education. That means educated in the ways we think it means to be a human being. If we are educated 
and molded after the average pattern of the human family. We may live a lifetime and never have an original thought. Then he goes on to explain the thinking faculty is supplied with secondhand ideas of our ancestors, the dominant beliefs of the race or the threadbare stock of the ordinary social swim. In other words, we're born into a context. And unless you have some level of awakening, training and development, you tend to stay within that context. He goes on to say. This is not faith thinking. Faith thinking is done only by one who has caught sight of the truth of being and who feeds his thinking faculty on images generated in the faith center. Faith thinking is not merely an intellectual process based on reasoning. In other words, you know, just thinking it through. The faith thinker does not compare, analyze or draw conclusions from known premises. He does not take appearances into consideration. He is not biased by precedent. His thinking gives form without cavil or question to ideas that come straight from the eternal fount of wisdom. His perceptions impinges on the spiritual, and he knows. So in that definition, Fillmore is telling people that what you call ordinary thinking isn't thinking. It's just recycled thought. You think it's original thinking. Most of the time, it's not. So one of the ways that Tole brings people to the point of being present is by letting them know that only thing you're doing is recycling your thought. And that's why you have the same experience over and over and over again. But when you become aware, when you become present, we say it in new thought, when you become consciously aware, consciously aware, in other words, I am fully present. I am on the job. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. To become fully present is powerful. So we're coming up on our first break. And if you would like to call in, you can call me at 888-558-6489. Um, I also want to mention that this show, along with all the other shows, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. Go to the Unity website. Uh, this website has a donate button. Click on it. Please help support this ministry so we can continue to go forth spreading the good news. Thank you. We'll go, we're going into our first break. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. In 
jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right. Okay. Um, uh, you know, all I can say is no one is calling right now. I would like to hear from you. I know that you all out there listening, listening because I get the information that tells me that you all are out there. I would like to speak to you, so please give me a call at 888. 888- Five five eight six four eight nine again eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. Now, back to the to the book because I think it's important that you get the book if you don't have it because so much of this book I won't be able to cover in this series. You know, I'm trying to again just hit highlighted points. You know, things I went through and so, said, oh, that jumped off the page, et cetera, et cetera. And many of the things that jump off the page, I haven't had uh, the opportunity to really um, address. A person could take a year studying this book legitimately, a year by itself, and this be the only book they read because it has that much information in it. One of the things that that's true about uh, a book that has real, true spiritual meat is that you can always go back to it and find something new. That's one of the reasons why I read um, Lessons in Truth by H.M.L.E. Cady and, you know, books like that, you know, Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, The Discover the Power Within You, you know, by Eric Butterworth, books like that because they have so much substance. No matter uh, what you're going through or what you're dealing with, you can pick up the book and it'll give you some stuff to to contemplate and really work on. So, you know, 
make sure that you're reading the chapters in the book. Go back and reread some of the things because as you go on and follow along with this series, you're going to have opportunities to go back and look at it again. I remember taking classes here at Christ Universal Temple and the Johnny Coleman Institute and going through a whole book and said, okay, this book was decent. And then after the class was over, going back and rereading the book and and uh, rereading my notes, looking at what I highlighted and saying, oh, my God, I totally missed it. But because I was at the level of consciousness to really appreciate it at the time, it took all of that work to create a window that allowed me to really wake up. And see, the thing about it is something funny about awakening, even though you can't go back. I'm a big believer that, you know, once you wake up, you can never go back comfortably. People say when you wake up, you can never go back. I don't believe that. But I do believe that you can't go back comfortably. In other words, you know that certain things don't fit your life anymore. You will know once you wake up, once you become aware of who you are in God and who God is in you or his he calls your inner purpose, certain things don't fit anymore. Certain people don't fit anymore. Certain experiences don't fit anymore. Going certain places don't fit anymore. It becomes a part of your awakening. So it's really important that you start to work with your inner purpose, that you do the, do the work of reading it, praying about it, reading it, praying about it, and then putting it into practice. And continually choosing awakening over and over again. And what I mean by that is one thing to say, okay, I've awakened. But what does that mean? And it's levels to that. You know, you can become aware of, of who you are at a level. But if God is infinite, so is awakening. Who knows what the real potential of a person is? Because if God is limitless, so are we. And as we become more and more aware of who we are in God, more of the limitless potential expresses what we can do and what we can create is magnificent. And here's the thing. What's going to guide the intelligence that is latent in humanity? The spirit or our selfish, egotistical fears, needs and wants, you know, because obviously as we look around and we start to see some of the things that are going on in our world, we know that's not of the spirit of God in the sense of it's not love, it's not peace, it's not wisdom, it's not understanding. What we're seeing is the byproduct of adverse dualistic thinking. Again, as I stated earlier, when I know who I am, in spirit, I also know who you are. And I can behold the Christ in you. Even when you don't behold the Christ in yourself. But the Christ in me can reach out to you and touch you in ways that the human personality aspect of me can't reach. That's why I believe people flocked to Jesus. That's why people flocked to Gandhi. That's why people flocked to a uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. That's why people flocked to a Mother Teresa. Because even when, you know, because it was something about the Christ light within them shining so brightly that it drew 
to them that which they needed to do what they came to do. But they were dealing with the primary purpose first. Let me be. A, let me know who I am in God. Then I can go do the task at hand. And it's telling us the same thing. Let me know who I am in God. Then do the task at hand. We have to remember that. Now, moving on. Back to the book. He says that on page 259, this is really important. The initiation of the awakening process is an act of grace. You cannot make it happen, nor can you prepare yourself for it or accumulate credits towards it. There isn't a tidy sequence of logical step that leads toward it, although the mind would love that. You don't have to be worthy first. It may come to the sinner before it comes to the saint, but not necessarily. That's why Jesus associated with all kinds of people, not just the respectable ones. There's nothing you can do about awakening. Now, I believe that is true. I will add that I think that the working with spiritual literature helps the process towards awakening. Uh, now, for those who believe in in uh, re-embodiment, what some people call reincarnation, sometimes it could be accumulated soul work over many lifetimes. Sometimes we just don't know when all of the prayer and the work and the whatever just will break through and you'll have your the Apostle Paul road to Damascus moment. You have to remember, um, you know, I, I love the story of, of Paul, who was originally Saul, the persecutor of Christians. This is a perfect example of awakening, transforming your life completely. This is a man who 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 made it his business to persecute the, the early Christians, to hunt them down, arrest them, and put them in jail so the authorities could deal with them. He was a zealot, a religious zealot. Unlike, not unlike many of the people today who feel as though it's their business to, to correct people about what they believe and how they believe, what they believe and how they live, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not going to get into that. And he had an awakening. And he stopped being the person he was being. He was. He became a whole new person. That's why Tole says it's an act of grace. I can't explain it. Uh, H.M. Likady quoting the Bible states in Lessons and Truth that it's God's fullness of the time. I don't think that means God says, okay, now, Galen, I'm going to give you some grace and now you're going to awake. I don't know what the process is within the soul that finally opens up and says, I accept it. I see. I know. I'm aware. But when it happens, your life will never be the same. You can go through trials and tribulations just like any other person could do. I don't want you thinking that just because you awakened, that means that you'll start walking on water. It could mean that. But what I'm trying to get across is 
everything shifts the way you see life, how you see yourself, how you deal with others, what what's important to you shifts. Because now you are aware of your oneness with God. Paul's life completely transformed. He went from being a persecutor of the church to a person who did everything he could to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world at his own peril. You know, it 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 it, it matters. If you read the, the third chapter of the epistle of Philippians and he tells you all of the things that he went through the beatings, the left for dead, the shipwrecked, the, all of that type of stuff, all the things he used to have pride in. He told you, was, you know, you know, you know, the tribe of Benjamin and, and how well he was trained and developed and, and you know, uh, you know, uh, how righteous of a Jew he, he was. And he said, I counted all rubbish that I may gain in Christ. Just think about that. He put out all of his accolades. And he says, I count them all rubbish that I may gain in Christ. Paul discovered the inner purpose that would drive his life. You know, that's what people don't get when, you know, Apostle Paul, by the way, is, you know, and I'm not going to use this. Maybe one day I'll do a series of shows on Apostle Paul because I think he's the most misunderstood person in the Bible because people take him out of the context and put him in our context of a 21st century mindset and try to make him fit today instead of, you know, the era he lived, which is the first half of the first century of the common era or what we call A.D. Maybe one day I'll do something on Paul or a series of shows on Paul. And then there's what Paul actually wrote, what scholars believe and, and what scholars believe were not necessarily written by his hand, but written by people who would write in the name of the apostle, which was common in the Bible. Um, you know, you know, it is common knowledge that most likely no one in the New Testament who wrote a, a book or an epistle ever knew the historical Jesus. It doesn't make a difference what the names are. Anyway, that was just a, a little tidbit. Now, back to the book. He states, page 260, so there's nothing you can do about awakening if it has either already happened or not yet happened. How can it be the primary purpose of your life? Does not purpose imply that you can do something about it? So he states, only the first awakening, the first glimpse of consciousness without thoughts happens by grace, without any doing on your part. So that's, so that's the, in other words, that's the beginning stage. But then after that, you have to stay present and keep God first. Jesus taught this when he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Many times it is the human way of, in the human way of thinking, we say, let me deal with the stuff first. Jesus says, no, 
deal with God first. Because when you're dealing with God first, it should get you present. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let that be the primary thing. Let that be the primary thing. Over and over again. You know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Don't hide your light under a bushel basket. In other words, like a, a, a basket that will go over the light so other people can't benefit from the light. So he was saying your primary job is to be a light. Be awakened because awakening is symbolic. Uh, light is symbolic with enlightenment and, and awakening. So it's important that you get that you are supposed to be a light. One of the things that Reverend Coleman used to say and uh, and Reverend Wells has picked up on is that CUT is a light unto all humanity. That was one of the things that Reverend Coleman really believed was a primary function of Christ Universal Temple. That in and of itself is a living entity. It's a consciousness in and of itself. It's a divine idea that was given birth through Reverend Coleman, but not from Reverend Coleman. It came from God. To be a light. To be a light. And you're here to be a light. Not just for yourself, but primary, you know, but unto all humanity. Now be a light for yourself. See, but if you're a light for yourself, for yourself, don't hide it and don't so other people can benefit from your light. In other words, that doesn't mean go get up in everybody's business. That doesn't mean to be a busybody. Doesn't mean to start going around telling people what they should be doing. But as people come to you and invite your light into their experience because they see it shining so brightly, you can help them. You can help them. You invite, excuse me, people have to invite. That's one of the things that people sometimes don't get about ministers. They're like, how come this minister isn't going to do this, that, and the other? At times, the job of a minister is to be invited into a space. Sometimes, you know, obviously if a person's in a hospital, you get up and you go. Or a certain type of experiences, you get up and you go. But when it comes to, you know, counsel and things of that nature, a person needs to, a person has to want it. You know, um, you know, I jokingly tell people uh, when I, I have the occasional experience with somebody's, you know, wife or mom wants sets up an appointment for me to talk. And then I realize that the person doesn't want to be in my office talking to me about their lives. I say, Hey, do you want to be here? No. Are you only doing this because this person is basically demanding that you do it? Yes. It's okay. This session is over. You can go home now because unless you want to be here, you can't benefit from this space. And that's an important thing to remember, especially as you deal with other people. Now, we're coming up on our last break. I do want to remind you again that you can call and call in at 888-558-6489. Again, 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Are you in a 
state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back. I'm on page 261 now. And in the, on this page, the author writes, once you have had a glimpse of of awareness or presence, you know it firsthand. It it is no longer just a concept in your mind. You can then make a conscious choice to be present rather than to indulge in useless thinking. You know, no one can tell you about God in a way that the experience of God can teach you about God. What am I saying? I I can give you information about God, but until you discover an experience for yourself, the presence of God and what that means is, you know, you, you, you're wrestling with concepts because when you're in that space, truly in that space, you know that you know that you know God is real. God is present. God is my truth. God is my being. As the Apostle Paul wrote, I live, yet not I. Christ lives in me. Think about that. I live, not yet I. Christ lives in me. He wrote, I die daily. 
he had to realize that for me to live in this Christ awareness that who the person who I think I am must die daily. It's like the, that gigant having a gigantic stone of marble and you keep chipping it down until you find your statue of David. The David was in the marble. You just got to keep chipping away till you find it. All right, back to the book. It goes on to say, with the grace of awakening comes responsibility. You can either try to go on as if nothing has happened, or you can see its significance and recognize the arising of awareness is the most important thing that can happen to you. Opening yourself to the emerging consciousness and bringing its light into this world will become the primary purpose of your life. Now, this does not mean that you become a spiritual teacher or preacher or minister or guru or monk or rabbi or man. It just means that in what you do, you're showing up as the way of God instead of being in the way of God. So on your job, you're present, loving, wise, understanding, and in divine order. And it would be the same at home or wherever that you know that life is for living. And you, and you take care of the responsibility that you're paid to do or 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 that you agree to do or that are just your responsibilities, like children, for instance. But you do it from a consciousness of being present. Not from the consciousness of, you know, I got one more thing, I got this agenda list, I got this task list. Because at times, you can knock out your tax, but not necessarily be present. Make sure you bring all of it to God. Okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? This is a beautiful question to ask yourself. Okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? You see a situation, a circumstance, and instead of just running in, just take a moment and ask yourself, okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? And sometimes you might just have to say it. How do you want me to handle this? Okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? Okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? And then you just become still. See what ideas come to mind. See, because when you ask that question, you're saying it's not about my ego. It's not about my human personality. It's not about my biases. It's not about my prejudices. It's about God doing all things. To the glory of God. All things. And I, and I realize that sometimes we think some of the things we do are minute. But all things to the glory of God. And if I can't do it to the glory of God, then why am I doing it? You can play video games and be totally experiencing the fun and enjoyment of, that goes along with playing the football, basketball, or the whatever games, and if it brings 
joy to your soul to do that, you're doing it to the glory of God. While you're, you know, changing the diaper on your beloved grandchild, you're doing it not just because it's a task, because you love the baby. You're doing that to the glory of God. You can take pride in making sure that what you're responsible for at work is done decently and in order. And when you do that, you're doing it to the glory of God. You can be being you know, intimate with your loved one, but you're fully present and realizing that love is an aspect of God. And, and that's a, a method or way of expressing that love. And you're doing it to the glory of God, not based upon ego needs and all the other stuff that goes along with that. That's called being really present. Therefore, doing all things to the glory of God. And if I'm not doing it to the glory of God, then why am I doing it? Is it lifting me up or is it bringing me down? Is it bringing out the best in me, the wholeness in me, the presence of God in me, love, peace, joy, understanding, and wisdom, passion? Or is it feeding my human personality and puffing up my ego? We have to be careful because it's subtle. You know, you know, you know, because it's subtle because we look at the outer demonstration and decide that that means a person is doing something to the glory of God and someone isn't. A person can be living in extreme poverty and and be functioning completely from the ego. And a person could be in a Rolls Royce and be in the Rolls Royce to living to the glory of God and vice versa. We look at the thing, well, this person has, you know, all of this, you know, it's about their ego. Why do they have to have this, that, and the other? Without realizing that the ego could be feeding while the other person doesn't have anything. Because that could be a role that they're playing too. We judge by appearances. So instead of judging by appearances, let's make sure that we're doing things to the glory of God. Doing to others as you would have them do unto you. To the glory of God. Instead of dog eat dog world. You know. Uh, uh, you know I remember. Um, reading many years ago. Uh, John Maxwell had a book. Called Ethics 101. I believe it was it's titled. It's a little book. It's not that big at all. But basically the book was talking about. Leadership and business. And at, what if business leaders. And decision makers really lived the golden rule. Really lived it. Really lived it. If they want pay raises, how come the people that work for them can't get pay raises? If they want health care for, for their families, how come the people who work for you can't have that? Stuff like that. Simple. You want security, and I'm not saying that the responsibility level is the same. And this isn't even a, a socialist statement. I'm just talking about doing to others. You know, because sometimes we want a thing and we'll fight another person to have something that not to have something that we have. Because we want to differentiate ourselves from people. You know, you know, I and again, this is not a political statement. Um 
you know, but it, it perplexed me that people actually fought the president wanting to give health care, universal health care, because the original program, the one that's out now is not even the one that was originally presented. I think that I think that's ludicrous that 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 a nation that can spend billions of dollars in aid to a, to other nations. Billions. Can't take care of the health care of. Its own citizens where people go bankrupt because if they get sick or their mama gets sick or their child gets sick and lose everything. Because people, you know, because people who 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 make who who are in the seats or well, I don't know why I'm going here, but it's what spirit's giving me. So I'm going to go with it because people who are in the seats who vote. They have universal health care. But they don't want the people that they represent to have it. That's crazy. They retire with pensions and packages. But they don't want the people to have that. That's crazy. In my opinion. Again, if we're following along the being present. See, see, this is a part of being present. Because one of the things about being present is when you are present, it's hard for a person to get over on you. When, when we're walking in our delusions and illusions of the human self, that's when people get over on us. People will support politically and, and ideologically things that suppress themselves. That's insane. It's not the way to say that. And the only reason why that happens is because people aren't present. Because if you knew, if you if you're present, if you're consciously aware, just consciously aware, I won't even say consciously aware of your oneness with God, just consciously aware, there are certain things that won't get past you because you're paying attention. See, it's to the benefit of many people for you to stay spiritually asleep. Because they're running away with the farm. And when you wake up, you realize that God is the source of your supply. And you don't have to dance to what people tell you you have to dance to, whether that's religiously, politically, uh, socially, your family, or whatever. This is why it's important for you to be present. Because when you're present, your actions are dictated by spirit. If you allow spirit to guide you. Now, we're going to have to wrap the show up now. Um, I meant to cover some more stuff, but it is what it is. Um, I did want to, before I let you go, I want to let you all know that I will also be at the International New Thought Alliance Congress in Phoenix um, next week uh, speaking. So if you're in the Phoenix area, please stop by and check us out. Um, International New Thought Alliance Annual Congress in Phoenix or Scottsdale, actually. Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with, with Truth Transforms. Take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. 
Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. 
Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>